who we record as Andrew eats his pretzel crunch, stick. Crunch, 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 crunch. Andrew today will be playing the role of Crunch Monster. Uh, welcome to the Wage of Cinema. Crunch I'm Jack. Monster, crunch. Yes. <laughs> crunch smash. Cornflakes, crunch, crunch, crunch. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Um, yes, yeah, so... Welcome we're... to the Wages of Cinema. Yes. I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. And uh, we just saw Disney's Moana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first thing to say, uh, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was pretty good. Just pretty good. Well. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to challenge I you I like am that. confident that the movie is pretty good. That's good. The next few days will help me decide if it was slightly yeah. less than that or mm-hmm. much better than there that. might that might end up happening to me as we as you might have seen when i when we saw dr we are strange notoriously unreliable well <laughs> me probably more so like i i think sometimes when i see a movie you're I'm, you're easily swayed a little bit but not not all the time just in this case uh and also doc, thinking back to dr strange when we did that review i was really high on that and mm. it after in like then in the next week I thought a little bit more about the movie and I'm like, I still like this movie quite a bit, but there are issues. Yeah. Now this could happen with this movie, but I think I was, you know, but but the, especially though with this kind of story, I felt really caught up in it in ways that, uh, not that to say that I wasn't with certain other recent Disney movies, but this one just got to me a little bit more because it has a little bit more. Well. <laughs> I mean, th- there are things in Frozen. Cough that really monster, get me. out of here! Yeah, yeah. chew. <laughs> Damn, that cough monster sure does know how to wreck a sentence. Stupid jerk. Um, but no, it, this one felt a little bit more unique, in some ways. Um, it certainly is very different in terms of setting. Yeah, well, we don't have yeah. like a small kingdom, or we don't have like a village. Uh, which are tropes we've seen over and over again in Disney films. Right now, we in Moana, we get the entire ocean and some awesome islands. Well, more than that, I feel like the trajectory of like how like the story itself, the kind of hero's journey that we get, it you know because a lot of time you know we get you know obviously a lot of Disney movies are hero's journeys because you know what else are you going to tell? Right. You know, I mean, that that's kind of what we get. We get the person who's the chosen one or somebody who's been destined for greatness. And this one falls in line with that. Yeah. So in that sense, it is familiar, but... It has the appropriate number of Star Wars references. Well, there was one. <laughs> I don't know. Were there others? There were a few. There was one for <laughs> sure, because I know that, like, there was one moment where I did lean over to you and... <laughs> Uh, without that, that's in spoiler territory, though. Sort of. Uh, the yeah. other ones I have are in spoiler territory too. But okay. Oh, there are let's... others. Well, well, the thing I wanted to mention is that you know, with certain things with Disney princesses, you know, for the longest time, one of the cliches was, well, you know, ultimately this girl will go on her journey, but a lot of it sometimes revolves around a man. Yeah. This one doesn't have a man. You could say, Moana is just I want to go into the ocean and. Do the you know go past the reef she start- and go on this mission and it almost felt more closer to like the kind of story that you get with like a Greek mythological tale. It does. Does that, ha- does that it, make it is, sense? It is a very mythological story in the sense and- of like you know a character who has this hero myth and is kind of like told you are the chosen one and. But luckily, though, she actually does want to do things. Ironically, the her. Now, her let me clarify, though. It doesn't mean there's no man in this story. What there, we the, mean the, it's is, not that there's no man. But I get but your point. It's though. not your point on is a that Moana, 
she goes on this quest basically of her own volition. It's her own volition, and also then, by the way, there are a lot of monsters right. in the story. But uh, let's step back a little bit. Sorry. Let's go into a little bit of a of a plot synopsis. Sure. Not sure. a synopsis. You know what I mean. Yeah, but you want All to take right, So it? Moana is the princess of this island. She's going to become, like, the chief. Do uh, we call it, like, the Pan-American area? No. Like we South- call this <laughs> the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Sorry. She's a Pacific Islander. Yeah. That or, is as generic kind of, as I can get. Uh, but Samoan. She's say. on this island. She's supposed to become the next chief. Uh, but basically, the island is dying. The coconut crops are failing, the fish aren't coming in, and they have to find some way to save all the people. So she has, so she ends up going on this quest on the ocean. She sails off in order to return the heart of this island, mm-hmm. or basically the heart of this goddess, yeah. to its original island. Yeah, it's, it's the type of story where you, know, you have this object that must be returned to its proper place, um, it also made me think of. She is uh, a reverse Indiana Jones. Yes, it also made it almost well. It also made me think of the Dark Crystal, where uh, I haven't seen it. Well, no, but that's well. It's, yeah, in a way, also. If look, I haven't seen it, you can't reference right. it on the podcast. Well, a little bit also Lord of the Rings. This the story of I need to take X item back to Y place so that Z can happen. Right. Um, and make that equation. You have this story. But along the way, we uh, she run she's well she's searching for well she needs uh, she's the help searching of for, a guy uh, she's searching searching for this guy named Maui who mm-hmm. is basically a legendary hero hero mm-hmm. and this is where the sort of parallels to Greek mythology come in because he is basically so, like yeah. he is the Hercules of the Pacific yeah because and probably he, he... a better Hercules than the last Hercules we got from Disney because well, this guy is a jerk I want much to get... like Hercules well well the funny thing you mentioned that. This is the return after a long time, actually, to the director chairs for these two guys who have been behind uh, a few Disney movies you might have heard. Uh, their names are Ron Clements and John Musker. Do those names ring any bell to you? No. Okay. Well, they they first kind of came into prominence at Disney. Like I kind of feel like at Disney there are four eras of animation. Almost like with comic books. What era are we talking about? Now? T- well, the one with that Moana is in is I don't even know what I'd call it. Maybe the digital age. But like in comics, you have your golden age. I'm going to call it the diamond age because that sounds better. Sure, sure, yeah. Like well, like in comics, you have your gold, silver, and so bronze. So what about these two directors? John Musker and Ron Clements. They started off. They pitched to Disney. Hey, we want to adapt uh, this uh, Sherlock Holmes story with mice. And they're like, uh, all right, go go ahead and do it. So Great Mouse Detective comes out. Well, you know, decent hit. A pretty good movie. And then they also pitched in this like early meeting with Disney executives. So we want to do one, you know, we want to do a couple movies. One movie is called Treasure Planet. <laughs> That's our passion project. I... We are so excited about Treasure Planet. And we also want to do The Little Mermaid. And Disney's like, you know, we don't really know about this Treasure Planet movie. Uh, uh, the Little Mermaid doesn't sound bad. So, they make Little Mermaid. Huge hit. Um, they still want to do this passion project. Not really happening. Um, then, uh, then they get... To, then Aladdin comes around. And they get Aladdin. And they make that a huge hit. Then they get Hercules. Hmm. So, these are the same directors of Hercules. Interesting. Behind this movie. Yeah. And the thing about Hercules... It's funny. I just... That I, I saw this movie today because... I watched a video by uh, Lindsay Ellis, the nostalgia chick, okay. and she had a very long, very in-depth review of Hercules. Um, really goes into, in a fascinating way, 
what works and what really doesn't work about that movie. And I hadn't, because I hadn't seen it in quite a long time, but it reminded me there's actually some decent stuff in that movie. It's yeah. just that they, they does it all work in execution. No, yeah, they kind of cherry pick certain things from Greek mythology and from the Hercules mythology. But well, they th- also I don't kind of we mix up some of their the, messages. I don't think that they were necessarily looking for a faithful adaptation of the Hercules myth. No, Which, but the, both of these films, Moana and Hercules, they have very similar subject matter yeah but they do approach it from different angles now i don't know if maybe uh in uh pacific uh island places they have their own myths maybe that's they, where they're taking it they from. certainly do i don't know any yeah, yeah i i don't know it either and don't don't come and ask me folks i i don't know them but i was th- yeah i was thinking almost that maybe this is their way of trying to redeem themselves from hercules doing yeah. kind of like a more interesting uh you know, f- you know, g- tighter story with this kind of mythological hero tale, like you know, a character going on a bit of an odyssey, fighting monsters, and it's you know, again, it. What I like too is that for girls, this is a very positive message for a story that you don't need to be awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, just be well. Try to find yourself, and again, you don't have to have a man involved, like. Frozen, like the the achievement with Frozen was that it took the Disney princess model and try and subverted it in certain ways, but by the end of it, it was still a, a tale of romance. Not really. No. No. Well, I mean, well, there I were, disagree. It was ta- well, it was ta- I watched it five times, Jack. Fair <laughs> enough. And by the way, you can check out Andrew's uh, episode on Frozen on Wages of Cinema, uh, Cinema Immersion Tank. I don't remember what episode, but I got crazy in that episode. No, no, I no, no, no. Ultimately, it's a story of sisters. Right. No, no, you're right. But there is there is still the element of romance with not Anna's the the Snow Queen Elsa Elsa no Anna's the one who has a bit of a romance that I mean it was subverted a little bit but it was not here what I liked is that it's it goes away with that and just makes it about the journey and about mm-hmm. this character's journey for herself and also uh, the character of Maui his his journey too yeah because he has his own kind of. Uh, past it, it, we should talk about this character because he, he to me going back to these these directors past works uh, it felt like they were going a little bit not totally all the way but when i think about aladdin you have the genie right this is a little bit like the genie of this movie almost almost except he he would be greatly toned down he he doesn't make so many jokes that he doesn't. Uh, well, he has a very what different is that personality. Thi- I, he he doesn't go into any sort of topical things or things that are no no. Well, that was Robin Williams. He makes though there is only one stupid joke that he makes that I counted. Hmm. But he makes a he makes a couple stupid jokes, but I laughed anyway. I, I, he made one really stupid joke though, and I think you know exactly what I'm talking about with the bird. You, you mean when the he chicken? Si- yes, when he signs the oar. Oh, that was the worst. But he, um, he is kind of a more—he does have sort of more of a more modern sensibility. He, but that's that works very well. Well, with he's this given a, a very fascinating it's, it's not visual. Getting, yeah. He's given a great visual design because he's a character who is covered in tattoos, and his tattoos are literally other characters. Like they are reacting to things that he's saying, 
and you know they might get mad at him or cheer him on or get embarrassed or yes. you know do all sorts of things like that and um i really enjoyed that aspect they it gave the animators a lot of moments to be creative and get little bits of comedy but also just other pathos yeah um and so yeah i think yeah so it's combination of a lot of those different things that i was just mentioning that made this uh just highly entertaining and engaging for me right. like more than even like i kept trying to think like how i might rank the again what i call this diamond age of disney and i i, I called it the diamond age well i think it's a pretty good name i called it the digital age um Mine's which doesn't better. make much which doesn't make much sense because i i kind of start this era from the princess and the frog to that's a terrible idea currently no why why not because just because I'll explain it some other time. All right. Time to think about well, it. Well, just in, in brief, though, I was thinking about this while I was watching the movie, that, like, here's how I break down the eras. You have Golden Era takes place from Snow White to Sleeping Beauty. You have the Silver Age uh, that goes from 100 Dalmatians, 101 Dalmatians, to Fox and the Hound. Then g- the Golden Era is from... You already said the Golden Age. Oh, oh sorry, Bronze Age. Uh, goes from Black Cauldron to home of home of the brave home of the range or whatever it's called home of the brave <laughs> <laughs> carry on keep going and then like i mean there are scattered little animated movies here and there that might not fit my weird tron for one well <laughs> tron doesn't count it's live action that's what the academy said when it was up for best animated no I, I'm, I know i'm leaving out like movies that people have just completely forgotten like chicken little or meet the robinsons or things like that um i was just thinking more about like the official disney eras and uh seeing the official disney eras you've made up sure yeah (laughs) these they're they're correct because they're i've made them up and they're my list and then after home and the range we're talking about the diamond age yeah but like but i was thinking with moana um among the movies i've seen from this kind of current era that i'm talking about which is primarily now we're into an era that's in we get cgi animated movies now we're not going back to hand-drawn unfortunately like princess and the frog might have been the last gasp of that yes and you know so we have tangled wreck it ralph frozen uh big hero six zootopia now we have moana and uh might be forgetting one but but the point is among those this to me it I don't know what it was. It just it 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 seemed to have a slightly unique take, despite it still being familiar as like an adventure journey story. And it is a good adventure. Yeah, it's a it's a solid adventure that you know we get really create we we get fun moments where the characters have their obstacles. Uh, there's one sequence where pirates come to uh, try to get the, like the little green. Uh, Orb. MacGuffin. Yeah, the, yeah, it's a MacGuffin. I think we can call it a MacGuffin. It doesn't do anything. It's just the object that needs to get spoiler. back to Spoiler. Is it a spoiler? Technically, yes. <laughs> I'm not really spo- I'm not really saying anything that's going to damage the plot. I'm just saying they're pirates. And they're okay. shaped like coconuts. Pirates come. They're yes. shaped like coconuts. That's a pretty good action scene. That's a pretty fun action scene, especially because at first you think they're really cute, and then they make like angry little like facial things and they still look really cute but yeah, they are but they're cute and angry they're cute and angry like ewoks 
Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> they're the Ewoks of this Ewok movie. Ewok pirates. Yeah. Oh man, I want to now see like an Ewok pirate movie. Uh, and my wife back. from behind you is giving me the thumbs up, so I know I'm on the right track here. I want, yeah, let's have a movie. You with... two get to stay married. Yes. All right. We get to stay married with our movies of cuddly teddy bears. Moana and Maui. Yes. They are two characters who have really great chemistry together. Yes. They work well together in the movie. Mm-hmm. They, they of course, have their own conflict, interpersonal conflict with each other. Yes. But it works really well. Yeah. And you understand why these two people are on a boat sailing to find this island. And yeah. Even though they they don't see eye to eye, it, the plot really works well in getting these two people together and having them work together as they go along this uh, voyage. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know maybe the one thing that may like, I guess maybe think of the genie a little bit is because Maui is a trickster god. Well, not a trickster god, he, but he's a trickster. He goes, he he changes he does magic his, stuff. He does magic stuff because he has like a magic hook or whatever fish hook, yes. a fish hook which make can make him transform into different animals um and that made me think of the genie the way that he just transforms into different uh, personalities although that's not explained that's just because he's a genie um <laughs> yeah and uh the rock is the voice of uh, maui he's uh of course dwayne johnson now he's he has to be called right. he can't be the rock anymore we gotta pay uh wrestling money yeah <laughs> yeah um the other thing I want to talk about are the songs. Okay. Because I think there are some excellent songs here. Um, it's interesting because I think that what Disney was hoping for was that Moana has a song, which was repeated a couple of times in the movie. It's almost like a theme. I think they wanted that to maybe be the new Let It Go. Did you maybe get a sense of that? Because it felt very theatrical. And I know that, I don't know if that... She has well a, enough, but she like, has her own theme. There's nothing that equals the show-stopping awesomeness of "Let It Go." No, we have still not seen that film's that song's equal. Not uh, but really. I don't think that they were trying to make a song that filled that spot. No, but they ended up having a song that, in its way, gets to be the theme of this movie. In the sense that I feel like a lot of kids are going to be singing one particular song a lot, probably, which is "You're Welcome." That was good. That was a very fun song. That's like the um, uh, thing back to Aladdin again. The um, you never have a friend like me. Well, yeah. Well, that, that's the showstopper of that film. I don't think this is so much of a showstopper though, as it is really kind of re- reveals uh, who Maui is and and what he's all about. Which it is does. A, which is a great thing for a song to do. Sometimes. In movies, we just have songs which are there for the characters to sing. Yeah. So that we can fill some screen time, have a good song in there, and then we can get on with the movie when it's done. Do you think there's any of that in this movie? No, I don't think that... The songs... The songs try to justify their place in the plot. The problem for me is is that it's a mixed bag. I would say Mm. half of these songs were good. Yeah. Uh, The ones that weren't good weren't good because... They were very directly saying what yeah. they were all about. It, it's like uh, we had three songs that were saying, this is how the character is feeling right now. Yeah. This is their motivation. Well, you know what it this is? This is why we're doing things. I have, a, I have a suspicion about this. It might be a little cynical, but I have a feeling that 
with this movie, Disney not now again. They don't, I don't know if they were they probably weren't expecting that this is going to be another Frozen. But like Frozen, they might be looking trying to look way down the line and maybe hope. Well, maybe somebody we can make this like a Broadway musical. And songs like the ones you're describing, we have where the characters are describing their emotions. They almost they feel much more like what you would hear on Broadway. Yeah, but Frozen than... never had anything like that. Every every song in Frozen is. It tells the story, but it does it in a much more nuanced way. Mm. That's why Frozen could probably work as a musical. This film cannot. Hmm. It uh, No matter how far down the line you go, you basically have a bag of songs where half yeah. of them are not so good. Um, there were other, there were... I'd have to go back again to find what the songs were that I didn't like. Because I, I, mean, I think that there were songs I liked more in than In the beginning, others. the songs are, are, huh. are very much in, in that vein. No, yeah, even no, Mo- in the, the song, in the beginning, even yeah. Moana's song, where she's like, she even says like, "Oh, I'm the." D-, she has lines I'm basically that one. basically saying, "I'm the daughter of the chief. This is what I'm doing." It's yeah, <laughs> that even that main song is. It, it I does, will say this doesn't. I feel work like, very. You know well. what it is actually. I will say this in the first half of the movie. I thought, geez, there are not so much the songs are bad, but there are a lot of songs so far i felt the opposite i felt like there were really? long stretches where it's like man we haven't had a song in no, no, a while. no no that That's was pretty that, good no, no no that was after a certain that was after i felt like that actually happened more as the movie went on hmm. like after a certain point like once moana once moana goes on her journey the songs seemed better spaced out like when she's on the island before that it felt like there were more songs and they were yeah they were a little more generic like the ones that like the whole island sings together. Yeah. Um, one song I did love, and uh, I'm really hoping you like this song too. Was the one in, with the, the monsters. Well, well, one. Well, I'll just. Gonna, I won't say who. Uh, would it be a spoiler to actually say who the actor's name is? Because he's one of the only people who's really recognizable. You can talk the about the actor. Yeah, his name is Jermaine Clement. I mean, that'd be actually Jermaine Clement. He he's so cool. He took the R off, right? <laughs> Who you of course you know from Fly the Concords. Uh, he's also awesome in What We Do in the Shadows. Um, and here he almost gets to have a song that made me think of what he would used to do on Fly the Concords. Like he's he's not he's kind of a villain in the movie, but he's not a top tier villain. It, in a sense, it's like uh, well, let's not give away too much. But I know the song you're talking about. No, that but, was a very good song. Yeah, it all it. Not quite to this level, but it has a ring of uh, when you have the Jungle Book and King Louie has his I Want to Be Like You song. That would have been the showstopper in this film. Mm. Yeah. So, I yeah, they're not quite exactly a showstopper in this movie, but the song You're Welcome, I think, has some legs. I think we're going to be hearing that for quite a while. Hmm. It's, just, it's just the way that also that sequence is animated was a lot of fun because it's like at first the uh dwayne johnson's just kind of singing the song to her and it's all about showing off his character so it's not so much about uh story it's more just about you know you're gonna say you're welcome to me because i'm so awesome and but then the animation style breaks a little bit from reality and you see like them dancing and walking along in like a i don't know what you'd call it type of setting like musical disney setting okay (laughs) Which I always find fun. Um, 
yeah, there are also certain characters that had really great design. I feel like they, the animators put a lot of re- like great work into the look of the film. For for a film with this many characters, very few of them actually are on the screen at one time. It's mostly Moana and Ma- Maui were with, which is great. And even when we have a little bit of comic relief from our side character, yeah, he is yeah, we, basically just there. Yeah, there's no. This is because uh, sometimes you have the comic side characters that can talk. This one is a chicken. Yeah, he's an, an, an and just, not like a talking chicken. Or no, a magic he's a chicken. very stupid. He's just chicken. a chicken. Yeah, but and it's like, why do we even include him on the boat? Why bother? But then he totally justifies his presence. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he he's kind of you could call him a comic relief, but the thing is the whole relationship between But it doesn't between, lean on him. Yeah. It doesn't lean on him for the comic <clears throat> relief because there's plenty of humor to be had between Maui and, and yeah, Moana. Yeah, they have a great rapport with each other and again, the thing that impressed me was that filmmakers who would who might have less confidence in their story might have gone the route of making them fall in love with each other. You know what I mean? Or like they wouldn't like they might have like a Maui who's not so big and buff and obviously more of just a friend character than uh, that. Like again, I, I might be projecting, but it could have been something like uh, like Anastasia or something like that. <laughs> well, that, you ever... that, I have seen Anastasia, <laughs> but now we're talking about a completely different company. No, I know, but like that, you know, again, that's a movie with a female lead, but then she's given the male love interest and wackiness ensues and well now we're well now we're just talking about low low grade romantic comedy so which moana yeah. is definitely not yeah i just I, i'm glad that a movie like this exists where i feel like this will be a very empowering movie to little girls and i think that it's good that there are movies like that i don't know but i, I know, enjoyed this movie projecting. a great deal yeah. i uh i'm gonna I'm I'm going to recommend it. Go out and see this in the theater because yes. it's well worth your time. It's well worth the price of admission. Me too. Uh, and if you have children who can be quiet in a movie theater, then you should bring them, and they will. Ha- should we talk might about enjoy that? It. Because we we were at a screening where well, not, not too many people were there, but there was one parent who. Well, let's their talk kids. about that in a minute. Well, right now, that's my opinion of this film. Yeah, my my opinion. Go see it in the theater, yeah. Jack. What would you like to say before we get into the spoiler territory? I think this movie is pretty awesome. I feel like it uh, breaks some new ground for um, uh, as far as having a, a character who is just you know you don't need to point out that she's a woman for the as far as like uh, all the baggage with that it's just eh, she's a girl she's awesome she has drive and you know i think kids like to have stories that involve somebody who has a purpose in life that actually wants to well, be a well part in the pack well that's good story well it's Everybody yeah well that. just like even at the beginning of the movie where you're getting like the sort of framing of telling the story of maui's backstory to all these like these little tiny kids and you have like the shot that cuts back to all the kids who are like shaking in their boots really scared because it involves all these monsters opinion and, Jack. opinion rein and, it in rein it in sorry all is coming back in go see it uh full price admission um i would almost rank it probably on par with zootopia uh, which i also enjoyed a lot uh this year has just been great for disney animated movies all right great so now, that's our opinion. If you don't want to hear spoilers, 
stop listening to the podcast. But if you want to be cool and hang out with the cool kids and you listen want to, to jazz cool. and drink cocktails, come to the spoiler corner. See, we need a third person to start like a bass for Ryan. And yeah, and then we need some bongos and uh, some. <laughs> I'm just thinking of uh, an Animaniacs and they would used to have Dots, Dots Poetry Corner. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Imagine that if you're old enough to okay. remember it. But let's talk about spoilers and all the other stuff we want to I talk see about. what's happening, yeah. Face to face with greatness and it's strange You don't even know how you feel It's adorable Well, it's nice to see that humans never change Open your eyes, let's begin Yes, it's really me, it's Maui, breathe it in I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod When you're staring at a demigod What can I say except you're welcome For the tides, the sun Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demi guy. Hey! Right. Yeah, so we did have some small children in the theater. Well, one, especially. There were, there were some. The, the, I would say the, the theater wasn't even that packed. I'd say that there were maybe. The theater was almost empty. There were about a dozen people altogether in the theater. And I think most of the kids were well behaved. Except. Well, the thing is, there's a difference between having bratty kids and having an actual baby right in your theater listen i don't want to be (laughs) anti-baby but and i don't know how it works with parents you've heard it here first andrew endorses babies i i don't know how it is with parents but when you take a baby to a movie theater i assume it's because you you want to leave your house because you want to see an entertaining movie and you can't find anybody to watch them your problems are your own. But the thing is, it gets kind of a bother yes. when those babies start crying in the movie theaters. Well, I don't even know. It's funny because when I look back, I don't think it was like an infant baby. It seemed like maybe a child who was... Well, this was or, a very, very young child. It was a three or four year old. And the thing is, it it felt like clearly the, the child was too young to fully sit and watch the movie. It was more just like a kid saying, Mommy, Mommy. When you're that age and you're doing that, that child should not go see the movie. And the thing is, I think the problem is not so much the baby, it's the parent who is sitting there trying to watch the movie herself. And I think it was or a himself. single. I think, no, it was a single mother. I know. Okay, but the point is, if you're, a, if you're a, a young parent and you decide to bring your baby to the theater... Make sure that baby can sit and watch the movie, or just not bother me, because <laughs> you know I might I, I'm trying to watch like a serious scene in the movie, like you know for example, um, Moana has a grandmother who you know she's one of the only people in her life that's really encouraging to her to when there's a serious scene between those two characters, that's when our baby started crying. Yeah, well, not crying, but like kind of going, and it. As much as I was Kinda focusing the on the mood. movie, it bro- it broke the mood for me several times. And but what could I do? I, I wasn't going to tell that person. That sh- I couldn't tell. No, shut, shut up. up. It just it's Jack, just... very anti-baby. No, I'm, I'm anti-baby when Hates it ruins babies. <laughs> All babies should be locked up in prison. Anyway, <laughs> I know it's like I could never be a politician because I just like. I'd punch the baby instead of holding it. <laughs> Jack Gatnell for Senate. I, the only thing I would say is I can kind of understand 
why someone would bring a young child to this movie. It's when all, when you hear a baby in a movie that's very not baby friendly. That like Sicario. Did you have a baby? You didn't have a baby. No, but Batman v Superman. Uh-huh. Do you remember that when we saw uh, the 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 screening we went to? No, I didn't notice because I was too distracted by the dumbness of the plot. <laughs> you could have had twenty babies right behind me. I still wouldn't have noticed over the inanity of what was Batman versus. You, you Superman. were you were more angered by the Zack Snyder baby. That... <laughs> the baby that is Zack Snyder's writing prowess. Yeah. Oh, one quick thing to mention before we get into a little bit more of the spoiler things, just because um, I thought you might be interested in this fact. So last week I, I was I saw a couple movies um, Tuesday night, uh, and you can hear about those in our other podcast. Uh, but uh, in between the two movies, I decided to just peek in for a minute on Moana, and it was before the the feature started. It was like in trailers, and then. They had the short film yeah. uh, that we both saw. What was interesting was I was at the Ridgefield Park Theater, you know, the, the Cineplex. They had their, the thing where the directors thank the audience for coming to the theater to see the movie. What? Yeah. But they didn't have that when we saw it tonight. Thank God. Yeah. I, like, I was anticipating that and I was sitting there thinking... Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, God. Andrew's to, about to blow his lid. We have to watch these doofuses thank us for spending our money. So that's... It was a curious thing, though, because I'm wondering if... I don't know if it was because it was the first night of that it was playing, or maybe they're only doing it at Cineplexes, and we saw it at, like, a small town theater, so... I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand it's... this whole phenomenon Me neither. of thanking us for, for doing it. I mean, I thought the movie was thanks enough. I mean, yeah, it's like, you... hey, <laughs> this is the equivalent trade. We give the theaters money, they show us a film. <laughs> I mean, there's no thanks necessary. I mean, it's we called... all know why we're here. We are there buying a product, which is the movie. If you go into a, like, a, um... Like a coffee shop. Yeah. To, to get a cup of coffee. Does, like, the chef come out and say, like, thank does he, you for... Does he shake your hand and be like, thank <laughs> you so much. Oh, thank you. You, you have you, no idea. You don't we... understand how important this is to me. It's like... You go... Not just as a chef, but as a person. Yeah, you go... No, it never happens. <laughs> and maybe the barista says, oh, thanks for... for buying coffee here okay yeah but, but no uh, this is we don't need this we do not need like 30 <laughs> seconds of actual people or thanking put, us for things to put it another way i mean you play some a lot of video games imagine if you bought a video game and before you start playing the game like the developers are like hi thanks a lot for buying this video game we put a lot of work into it and who cares it's it, it would be silly <sighs> but but so we didn't have that again. yay what we did get, though, was a very strange trailer for the next Cars movie. Yeah, the teaser. <laughs> Cars. Okay. First of all, I, I, think, that, I think that they're baiting us. I, I think that it's not. I think that this is a dream sequence. No, this is real. It has to be real. Oh, God. Here's the thing. I saw uh, like this realistic CGI racetrack, and I said, uh-oh, it's Cars 3. As a joke. I said that as a joke. <laughs> 
And then all of a sudden, I start recognizing paint jobs on cars, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, this really is a trailer for Cars 3? Because it looks, it doesn't look like cartoon cars. It looks like cars you'd see in, like, a Ron Howard film no, about racing. It, it, and it, it has, like, a very gray palette. It almost looks like... Is this cars or is this... Very realistic is this imagery. Ca- is this cars or is this children of men? And then it's like... I'm. This is not a spoiler because this is a tri- teaser. Yeah. Lightning McQueen basically has a wreck. And then after that, it's like... This... Fi- I'm gonna wait for there, you to there, put. There, there, I, I'm gonna wait for you to put down your drink sorry, so you don't there, laugh. There's, there's text that comes on the screen saying, "After <coughs> this event, everything changes." <laughs> and then it just says, "Summer 2017." Yeah, I mean, is that supposed to get like? Is this? Are the... we supposed to gasp? Is this? this is, is it like? <laughs> no, the, the... Lightning McQueen is at an accident. This is this changes everything. <coughs> Do you think that maybe? All right, so Cars and Cars Two are looked at pretty objectively by most people as the less, the least of the Pixar movies. There, uh, do, do you think they're very, trying consciously for few, course correction? Very few adults say that their favorite Pixar film is Cars. No, either of the Cars. It's yeah, mo- Cars was created strictly. Not th- that they're bad movies. It's just <coughs> what we're talking. Uh, what we're this talking was John Lasseter is... going. Now, this isn't to say that obviously. Practically all of the Pixar movies exist to make toys, or not, they don't exist to make toys, but they, you know, you can see that all right, these these movies work by themselves, but there is this other ancillary side. No, with Cars, <coughs> I think this is really much more of like a George Lucas Return of the Jedi thing, where I'm gonna make Ewoks so we can sell little furry animals. I'm not even worried about why they're making <coughs> Cars three. Three, because we know why they're making Cars three to make some more money. Uh, it's not, yeah. be- it's and you know, which is funny because actually Cars two wasn't that successful. Cars two sucks, by the way. Cars two is easily the worst Pixar movie, and like it, it was like, man, you guys are not even trying with this one. Um, but beyond that, I mean, but it was sorry. such a strange teaser because it's like this, this everything changes, and I'm like, what. Is this like the Cars version of Twin Peaks? Or... <laughs> yeah, that's what you were saying. I mean, is it like, oh, someone's going to die in Cars? And it's like, well, no, that's obviously not going to happen. What what the hell are you talking about, teaser? I, I don't get it. Like, because th- these movies are <laughs> such light entertainment. They're, you know, Lightning McQueen uh, is a, is a, in Cars, the first car is, I'm a, very co- overconfident car. And I'm I, Owen I, Wilson. Yeah, man, I I'm so great, you know. I I'm a car, and and then he, <laughs> that's my Owen Wilson. And he gets, you know, then he somehow winds up in a small town and has to learn yeah, this we know and the that story and blah, blah 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 blah. But it's also like the the palette is, for lack of a better word, colorful. Yeah, it's you know every single car has a different color. You know the problem is too. The, I can't honestly. The, the thing is also. When you see what one of these cars looks like, it immediately spoils any darkness that you're trying to build up. Because you look at one of the cars, and they have like those eyes on the cars. Yeah. Even if you how ma- are you supposed to take it seriously? Even if you made Mad Max versions of all the cars in Cars, <laughs> they would look adorable. Maybe <laughs> that's what they're going for. Maybe they they saw Mad Max Fury Road and they're like, ooh, 
ooh, we should do like that, but with cars. Speaking of Mad Max Fury Road, I had a got a, I got a Mad Max vibe during that pirate attack with those uh, coconut people. Um, they were using like similar weapons as like the grappling hooks that they shoot out, and also they had giant drums on their ships. Maybe <laughs> it's it's. I, I don't know I, if I saw that. I saw it. <clears throat> I, that means you're right. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the other, like again, the the other big attack scene where they have to try to go into this. Uh, would you say it's it's not like a cavern, but they go into this like underwater space where there there are these like little monsters, and then again, Jemaine Clement is a giant crab. They go into the monster world. <clears throat> yeah. To get back the fish hook. Yeah, they get the fish hook, and Jemaine Clement sings a song uh, because he's thinks he's because so awesome. He's a musician. Yeah, he's, well, he's a musician, but also it's a very fun song. It is a fun song. Um, that is one of the three songs I liked. So that song, the You're, you're welcome, welcome, and what's the third one? And the one? one with all the guys sailing on the ships when she oh, goes Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that is a wonderful song. That was, that was really good. Everything else sucked. <clears throat> I wouldn't say they sucked. They, like, I still think they were, you mean, you, Moana's song I like. Eh. Yeah. It has, really. it has those same moments of, this is who I am, this is how I feel very blatant you know what it is i, I like that the i not like very subtle i ideas. like the way that the actress sings it or whoever the singer is she, I, everyone's a good singer in this film it doesn't mean that the song they're singing is a great song mm, maybe also a fun a nice piece of trivia the that away away that yeah, song you're talking that's about the one. yeah that's uh performed by lin-manuel miranda oh cool of uh, hamilton he did i think he wrote some of the songs for he the did movie too yes um <clears throat> So other, I don't know other spoilers to get into. Oh, okay. So let's get into the Star Wars things. <laughs> okay, the one. Uh, all right. So I am not saying that Moana rips off Star Wars. There no. are just a lot of moments where right. we turn to each other and we say lines from Star Wars. Well, there was one. There was one I said to you. I don't know about the other things, but let me just get this out of the way. So there is a familiar beat as far as this, like the kind of hero's journey type of thing, where you, in a way, you could say making it to Star Wars. If Moana is Luke Skywalker, uh, then Maui is Han Solo. Remember the part at the end of A New Hope where Han Solo comes back and helps Luke. Yeah, and you, you get well. You get the we moment, get a moment here like too, that. where Ma well, you get the moment here too where Maui's fed up because you know his uh, hook is damaged and he's really pissed and he's like, I can't do this, and then he leaves, and then you know Moana has her moment of self doubt, and you know that what's going to happen, they're going <clears> to <throat> get back into it, right? Um, but the, and then of course you know in the back of your head oh well so Maui's leaving now but he's gonna come back right and he does and that's when I turned to you and said you're all clear kid now let's blow this thing and go home yeah the one moment <laughs> well, the one was moment the where stuff? I wanted to be where I wanted to say something was is the where one? the grandma comes back her ghost her blue yeah. tinted ghost is like oh I didn't even think of that Yoda will yeah. always be with you yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, wow, she I, even I has that. that blue tint around her. This is basically I couldn't Star say Wars. It, I couldn't say anything because it was a very quiet scene. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was a very. A it was it was a scene that like was sad. But it's know. like that scene in Return of the Jedi when Luke and and Obi Wan are just sitting down on that log explaining how yeah you know, explaining how everything went down. Yes. Uh, there was one more I was trying to think of. It was early on in the film. Darn, I can't think of what it was. Did it involve the father? Oh well, you could say that also the father character of uh, of Moana is like Uncle Ben, Uncle Owen. Ah, eh. call him Uncle Ben. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ben Kenobi. 
But yeah. no, uh, th- well, that's just like a, a general uh, trope of of adventure stories. It's yeah, not, that's that's not like, all of these you are tropes of adventure stories. It's just like guy. a lot of them seem very similar. <clears throat> uh, they hit those beats in this in the same way you know Star Wars is? hit those. You know beats. what it is? Watching this movie, why I liked it so much was that it's really more in the execution. There's just a lot of heart to this yeah. movie, uh, which is not uncommon for Disney, but here it just. It felt like these filmmakers were really invested in this story and really wanted to get you involved in it. Um, I even liked, how, kind of like, again, the ending of it, the sort of final big boss, which I, I almost thought about if uh, if I ever played the Moana video game, yeah. that would be probably a lot of fun to face the final villain. Yeah. Because it's a gigantic fire monster. Yeah. Um, lava monster. Lava monster. Um, again, I thought about if this was like a Ray Harryhausen type of mythological thing you know it wouldn't look like that but it would be kind of cool yeah it would look cool yeah um it's the way that's cracking but the way that moana defeats it is not how i expected exactly that that was a nice little thing that happened um maybe yeah um i mean again it's not totally unexpected how things will turn out by the end of it but but again a lot of it comes down to execution um yeah so it's a well executed movie yeah there's one thing i want to talk about this is like a plotting thing okay uh if we go by structure of like three acts where does the story of moana begin what when you say the story what moment do you you mean like when like the like kind of inciting incident or um huh Oh, oh, well, the one thing we didn't talk about was the, the water, by the way. The water is another character. Yeah. That made me think of the Abyss. A little bit. It's, um, I, I was wondering how that was going to play out, because I had this feeling that they were trying to write around a, a lot of different things. It's like, well, the ocean is helping her. And physically, the ocean is helping her. There's a water tentacle that comes out and helps Moana frequently in this It sometimes film. helps her, and other times it doesn't. Like, it's, it's a little picky and choosy. Yeah. Like, uh... You could almost. I know that someday when the Cinema Sins video comes out, yeah. there'll be Aqua Ex Machina. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but there's one part like Moana drops like the heart of. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a green stone called the heart of something. Okay. And she drops it in the water, and the tentacle just gets it for her, and brings it back. And then, in the climax of this film, there's a part where the stone's about to fall into the water, and the chicken saves it. I was like, well, even if the chicken didn't save it, the water tentacle would have gotten her for her, or didn't, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, maybe they needed the chicken to be useful in that moment. I mean, yeah, that justifies the chicken's uh, whole re- whole. Oh, but you're saying, though, if, if the water could do that then, why isn't it doing it all the time? Yeah, because it certainly helps her during the climax. Yeah... All right, but to, going back it's to a li- but let's go, go back, back to, to the, the way that the story begins. When does it, when does the plot of Moana begin? When when does that ex- inciting incident happen? When she is shown inside that cave, what her people used to really do. No, it's not. Oh, really, it's the moment because that's when she realizes what her actual purpose is, and it gives her the confidence to go off. It's that mo. It's that moment when they realize that everything on the island is going wrong. Oh, the coconuts okay. are dying, and when the, there are no fish. I mean, the, the story starts there. Hmm. It's like, and everything before that moment is prologue. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying prologues are bad. You, they do serve a purpose. And I would have 
enjoyed this prologue more if it didn't have such lackluster songs in it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, there's the, no the opening reason. Part has the, the opening part with the songs, like the, the, the townspeople have their song, yeah. and that is the weakest song of the movie. It's pretty weak. Uh, and you could have... I, I don't feel like you ha- had to front load that prologue so much. I mean, so much is introduced before we get into that moment where we realize something's wrong. It's like, that's like, this is our island. No one goes beyond the reef. We live off the land. Everything's cool here. Everything's awesome. And this, and you're going to be the chief one day. And this is, you're going to put a rock on top of the mountain and this is going to be your life. So don't sail away the thing. Yeah. We didn't have to have all that front loaded in the prologue. We could have introduced that information between the moment when we figured out something is wrong, coconuts are going bad, there are no fish, to where she sails away and discovers those ships. And you could have, if you had tweaked that moment, if you didn't structure it around the idea of, well, we have to have an opening song... You could have introduced all that relevant information <clears throat> yeah, in a the, relatively short amount of time. Yeah, the opening song is really more about, this is how our island works. We love our island. Oh, don't go out into the ocean. You have to stay here. Yeah, but you don't need to do that. And the song wasn't that good to begin with. It was pretty. It was a pretty typical type of song that wasn't a standout. And it feels a lot like songs from Tangled and from Frozen. Well, if I there's there's that song in the beginning of Tangled when uh, when will my life begin and then there's do you want to build a snowman and yeah and still and Frozen isn't a perfect movie Frozen has problems with its prologue too yeah maybe uh, Disney I, just has problems with prologues it's part of I think it they're working they've they've done well though Tangled is pretty good yeah Tangled is really good I might like Tangled more than Frozen maybe and I haven't seen it in a while though. It's been a while since I saw it. You know, Tangled? Tangled is the only movie I've seen half of five times before I actually saw the whole film. Where were you at? Like a, I was working in a school. Okay. And then I saw it another time with a uh, Why would you only watch the first part of it? Because you only have 50 minutes in a class. Yeah. And then then you do that five times over the course of a day. Oh, for for different classes? Yeah. Oh. You don't just show it to one class. That's silly. Uh, anyway, that, that's, that kind of sucks. <laughs> but uh, right, but well, the point me, is, though, I it, have to, but it I seemed have to... like they were trying to work from a similar structure mm. that they that had worked with Tangled and worked with Frozen. Yeah. The problem is they didn't execute it as well this time. The, the beginning is the... the beginning of Moana is the weakest part of the film. Mm. Structurally and musically, it doesn't work as well as other films. Maybe what happened was they like they. <clears throat> they started the story of the movie and they thought, all right, well, we have some problems, but let's just get to trying to work out the relationship between Moana and Maui. And that's where they really hit their stride, but they never really went back and tweaked the opening part. I, again, I don't know if I quite see it as much of a problem as you did, but I, but now that you're explaining it to me, I'm and thinking about what, when they explain why the Island's dying Maybe they could, yeah, they could have explained that a little bit better if they had. And you didn't need to tell us so much about Maui because, I mean, we learn all we need to know about Maui the moment we meet him. I think that we do need that prologue because, to me, what makes that prologue interesting, like the very opening of the movie is like the kind of telling, in a storytelling type of fashion, again, the little kids, that's the framing, who Maui is, his legend. He almost comes off like seeming like a 
possible villain. Almost, he seems yeah. like a like a possibly bad guy. So that when you do meet him, you have this impression of him, and he comes off in a different way. I I actually would argue that you do need that opening, because that that actually grabbed me and that that hooked me into the movie. I think there are more efficient, better ways to hook you into that opening. Hmm. I mean, for example, maybe starting with Moana's first attempt in that canoe. That's a pretty exciting moment that doesn't work out. Uh, it is. That's a great moment. Yeah, and it's. And a lot of that information could have been put in the put in that first act, and then you could have put more of it as we as we build along as we meet mm. Maui. I think they could have done a better job with it. I okay. still say, I, basically, all I'm saying, I'll say it again: the beginning is weak. Okay, that, that that's a fair criticism. I I don't think it's as weak as you're saying, but I, I maybe ultimately we do need that legend at the beginning because the rest everything that comes after that up until that inciting incident is pretty weak maybe that's how <laughs> ma- well, no, we well, need to, to, to we... me you need to have that sense of here is the legend that has been built up about this character and you know it's pretty important and we'll get back to it now we'll introduce you to the rest of the world of this island which yeah frankly is pretty bland when compared to the rest of the, the, the world. All right, this is just getting off topic for a second. One thing I noticed you said when we were they got into that little monster cave. Yeah. You you I think you got excited for a second because you thought there was Godzilla. There was a monster that looked a little <laughs> bit like Godzilla because it had the Stegosaurus thing. Had the spines on it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like that theory confirmed. Moana and Godzilla share a universe. Yeah. If they ever have, because sometimes Disney has you know spinoff TV shows. Uh, like when I was a kid, they had the Aladdin TV show, which was yeah, a lot I remember fun. that show. Yeah, I, if they ever make a TV show of Moana, I'd be curious to watch an episode or two just to see if maybe they have more to do with that monster cave because they seem like there's a lot more material they can mine from that. Sure, and uh, it's kind of like the spirit world from Avatar, the last Airbender. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, to give you an idea of what we're talking about, it's just like all sorts of weird monsters that live in the underworld. Yeah, yeah, it, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely think I can see a little bit more of what you're saying, it's, Disney, here, here's a message for Disney, you don't need to start every movie with a song. Yeah. Like, I, I was watching, um, the Cinema Sins for Pocahontas, huh. and that opens with a song which actually had some factual inaccuracies. That wasn't a bad song. In 1607, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know what other spoilers... We kind of went over in the... Mo- Th- this isn't the kind of movie... Necess- I mean, you can spoil certain things that happen, but at the same time, it's not unexpected spoilers. Again, there is a formula to the movie. It's, again, just how it's executed. That, you know, the, the, how much heart and... Yeah. formulas are okay. Is. It's all about the execution. Yeah, exactly. And that, to me, is what makes this stand out. Uh, final thoughts? Uh, nothing I can say that I haven't talked about already. Okay. It's still a solid film. Yeah, really solid film. Uh, and if you have <laughs> thought, and I, I, I basically say the same thing, if you want to take your well-behaved family to go see it. Your well-behaved a- husband, your well-behaved <laughs> wife. Yes. Also, yeah, parents don't talk during the movie. Right. And make sure, yeah, because your, your children will learn from you. Um, 
And if you have any thoughts about the movie, you can write us an email to wagesofcinema at gmail.com. You can also send us messages uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can do that. You know, you can send messages on the Facebook fan page. And we will read your message on the air, as we have done with uh, uh, people from actually all over the world. We've had people from South America write to us. And, and other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to single out just South America, but uh, that's the first thing that came just to saying, my mind. South America, you're in our hearts. Yeah, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, reach out to us. We're, we're open, and we can maybe say what you thought about Moana or any of the other Disney movies that we talked about. Uh, as I said, Andrew... Really went very in-depth about Frozen, so if you ha- want to hear that episode, go back uh, a couple months. And, it's uh, a good one. Yeah, and so uh, with that said, I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. Remember, The Wages of Cinema is Lava Monster! Tapestry here in my skin is a map of the victories I win. Look where I've been, I make everything happen. Look at that, me, 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 my, we did.